Hey, you're checking out this year's top 10 most downloaded episodes. And coming in at number five is Jeff Venn. He's a guy who joined the podcast earlier this year and shared some of his best insights on how you be, how you, excuse me, on how you can become fulfilled as an entrepreneur. I really loved my conversation with Jeff and it's no surprise it did so well uh, over the course of the year. So check out this episode and definitely stay tuned for the remainder of our top 10 most downloaded episodes. We'll catch you later. Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today's episode is with Jeff Vinn. He's the founder of Create Web Studios. He tells a really incredible story of how really the corporate life, the nine-to-five life, was not for him. And so he ventured out, started his own business, and heck, he's got a pretty incredible entrepreneurial story. If you've been sitting in the nine-to-five and you've been thinking about starting your own side hustle, or maybe even getting out and starting your own entrepreneurial venture, you're going to love this episode. Check out his website, createwebstudios.com and be sure to visit jeffvin.com to learn more. Enjoy this episode. Here comes your good advice. Hey, thanks for checking out another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. Sitting down with Jeff Vinn today. He's going to be bringing you some power, some energy around entrepreneurship. He's the creator of the digital marketing agency, Create Studios. He's also the head guy who's invented this Converge community space for millennial entrepreneurs. It's a pretty incredible thing. You need to check out jeffvinn.com to find out more. But he's going to be sharing some insights today, some things that are going to empower you on your entrepreneurial journey. Jeff, man, it is exciting to have you here today. Love that intro, Blake. I'm pretty pumped up. Glad to be here. Now you said, uh, it's it's just it's funny to me because here I am, 30 degrees. I'm I'm freezing my rear off, and you're you said you're you're what 20 minutes from the beach. No, I'm I'm 50 yards from the beach right now, and, and where I'm looking out, I there's there's one little small condo unit in front of me, but I'm seeing ospreys at night. I see the stars. I'm up on the third floor, and there's a little peak of the ocean out the balcony corner. So, you should be jealous. It's it's in the upper 70s today. It's blue skies with some light clouds, and and when you asked me if I was living the dream, at least on that front, Florida is pretty sunny, and it's pretty nice in the winter. I you just are, gotta say, I, I mean, yeah, you are living the dream. I mean, obviously, you know, you got. You got you got the housing situation figured out and yeah. looking at you know looking at these two ventures you have going it's obvious that that you are an entrepreneur at your core that you're a creator at your core man I'd love to give the audience a bit of perspective on what you're working on where you're coming from tell us a little bit about who you are who is Jeff Vin Yeah great question uh, thanks Blake so who is Jeff Vin Well, a lot of times they think entrepreneurs are these people who like started lemonade stands when they're like (laughs) six years old or like, I don't know, in 11th grade, I was doing some major thing in high school. And that's not the case. 
you did reference something though, being a, a builder and a creator and I'm a flaming creative. So decently smart. I love creativity, play music, learn Spanish on my own. Always just like to figure things out and get it done. So my launch into entrepreneurship was, you know, after I got a computer science degree right here at the university of North Florida in Jacksonville, minored in graphic design and got a great corporate job, but I realized corporate was just going to kill my soul. And so I had a lot of good success there. I was in a 200 person IT department serving, you know, a 2000 person municipality, water, electric, wastewater. And yeah, I got five or six years in, got up to the leadership team whom I dearly love, but uh, man, doing the same thing over day after day, having just all these arbitrary constraints, having to drive in the car for like 40 minutes one way when, you know, I had to drive all the way out from the beach, couldn't work from home. I, it just was, was killing my soul. And, and as you noted earlier, builder, creator, uh, um, creative, I was like, man, I can go do this on my own. And at the time in 2005, websites were starting. I had a small child, like one years old. My, my wife was the homemaker and boom, off we went. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's, what's going on? And I don't want to, I don't want to like go too far down the rabbit trail, but so let me say a couple of things, just spending a couple of minutes on your website. It's, I mean, it, it sort of radiates this creative energy, this sort of freshness, this life about it. Uh, and as a business owner, it actually makes me excited about my business. Cause I see, I see that energy and I think about, okay, what, what would that mean for even myself as a business owner? So you have all this creative energy, you have all this passion, this drive, this, this, you know, sense of, I want to, I want to build, I want to create what is going on in today's corporate world that is so, I mean, you use, you use the expression, it was killing my soul. And that's similar to me. I was working in the corporate world, same feeling. It was like, man, I'm, I am going to die here. What, what is happening in the corporate world that's not leveraging people's talents, creativity, strengths? I mean, what's your take on that? Yeah, so I just think things dinosaur out, right? So everything has its its phase and, you know, humans kind of run in, in generations, which I don't know if you count that as 40 years or what, but yeah, I think that old like leave it to beaver, white picket fence, family dinner, nuclear family, because honestly, I've really got, I grew up super religious and it, it broken free from that, a lot of mind control and um, there's just a lot of scripts that we've been handed to and the world's so diverse and it's never been easier to like do your own thing, to find your own tribe. I mean, imagine when you and I were in high school, man, if you didn't fit one of these boxes, like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dork, I'm a nerd, I'm an athlete, I'm a best, right? So I think the world's very diverse and corporate hasn't caught up with it yet. So here in Jacksonville, we have big companies like say Vistacon or CSX railroads and stuff. And you know, they're kind of behemoths and they can only uh, move at a certain pace. So it's ironic. Um, our team's like late 20s to early 30s for the digital marketing side. And they come running from like other companies begging to work when they get to the job interview process. Because like we don't even work 40 hours a week. The average week's like 30 to 35 hours by design. So, yeah, man, we just need to move beyond that dinosaur crap. And for people like you and me, they're actually making structures and buildings that are businesses that can support that. Yeah, we need to keep it up because those people want to shift and move, and I'm I'm here, and you're here to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Well, tell me, tell me, how do you, you know, and and we'll get a little bit more into like the actual startup story, but I, I do want to hone in on something you're talking about. You, you know, you just mentioned this thirty to thirty five hour work week, and and I love people like you who you you're presenting this innovative sense of business where it's like 
okay, we can actually work less hours, but be more impactful and more, more focused when it's not like this exhaustive, you know, it has to be this many hours a week. Help me marry, like where, where have you guys found the balance between creative freedom, um, uh, sort of promoting each person's own, um, uh, I don't know the word for it, it's each person's individuality. How have you balanced that with, I guess, still getting results, still getting things done? Because I, I think people listening who are feeling apprehensive, they don't know where that line is, so to speak. It's like, how do I empower my people and their creativity? And how do I create this entity that's 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 energizing and exciting, but also things happen there, work gets done there. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I've never really struggled with that conflict, but what I will say is I've always measured people by results, right? Um, say you're managing five social media accounts, you know, we have a schedule, did it go out? We have a report that goes to the customer. Are we showing measurable results and improvement? Um, what kind of independent feedback are we getting on our Google reviews or the, is the customer calling me up or calling your boss up and, and, you know, ragging them out because things are going bad. So I'm more of a results-based guy and I'm focused on doing very great work. So I don't care if there's a team of 100 or 50, if I pass you this baton, which is, hey, get on this call and run this, uh, get this social media calendar going, don't you dare show up without it. So whether <laughs> someone worked 20 hours a week or 60, like these people are self-starters and I don't care how they do it. You know, I don't care if you do it at 10 in the morning, 10 at night. So this is all, where are you? How are you? What did every last hour on the day on the timesheet gets you? Yeah, man, I don't want to tell someone how to think. And so I'm working with, you know, some bright younger millennials. They're in a creative space. They're, they're, they're apt. They get a lot of the stuff anyway. So I don't know if that answers it, but it that's, that's well, kind of been the flair. It's, it's interesting because I, you know, it's like the old cliche of like the manager. I think I even, I read this one time. It was the manager who was asking the question. I have this young guy who he's finishing all of his work by like one or two in the afternoon. Everyone else is finishing by five. How much more work should I give him to help him finish by five too? Because he's finishing too early. And everyone's reply was like, you're crazy. Like the only reason this person's finishing at one is because he's, he's too naive to realize that, that that everyone else is basically making their work seem like it's taking longer because you just give them more work. And so this whole, like this misunderstanding of, of judging people by their results rather than the, did they get Did I get enough hours in from them? I think a lot of people aren't used to that, but you're, you're talking about a very progressive and I'm sure. But wait, if you're slacking off or missing deadlines or having bad escalations, we're going to look at your hours, not because you're not working, but we're like, <laughs> what is breaking down in your day that for two times now the customer has called and said a post didn't go out? You know what I mean? So, yeah. Well, and I think yeah. what, I, what I love about your talk, what you're talking about that's really powerful is it's it's like the both and it's it's yeah we we do inspire and we give trust to people and allow them to set their own, um, go about the work how they choose. But at the same time, we still hold them accountable. And I think leaders struggle to realize that you can have both. Like it's, it's like, well, exactly. If I, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and both. I would assume you guys probably with COVID while many businesses have really struggled because now the, the manager isn't in the office, like, you know, watching over everyone, I'm assuming you guys have made that transition. I would assume that it's it's been business as usual since you're already. Yeah, so we've taken an economic hit. Like we're, our revenue is down fourteen uh, percent, but in our profitability is like like down by half. But we are profitable and we are making our revenue. So 
we've had a little bit of a hit, but yeah, we've used Zoom forever. Half our clients were never in Jacksonville. We already had a hybrid model with an office. We're, we're getting into launching a co-work space and thank God I didn't sign this lease in February. <laughs> Me and my guy in on that, he was just like, we can't make enough money out here at the beach. Let's go into town and kiboshed it in February because uh, we'd just be stuck. But we already had a hybrid model. We work at the coffee shops and Zoom. And then back to what you were saying, though, if you have deliverables and deadlines and a goal for like every project and you're kind of measuring and, and you're doing some form of time tracking, you can get an easy sense on what your team's doing. Right. You have the time reports, you have a project and its goals. And to me, those are the just two simple things. So, yeah, that work from home, this, that and other, it's not rocket science at all. Like even if their job is to like process customer support calls, you know, when it's a slow day and a busy day, you can see all the calls. If you see a slag in time, you could be like, hey, we want to do some new uh, telephone tree scripts. Uh, here's your three hour week project. Here's th- three weeks to do it. So, yeah, people get a little mystified and hung up, but uh, I don't know. That's my take. Here's, here's a specific question for you. I had a guy who I was talking to, this would have been a couple of months ago, and he made the comment, he, he runs a major business. And his response casually was, he said, he said, well, you know, you can't trust people to work from home. And he was waiting for me to be like, oh yeah, totally. But instead I was like, huh, well, why do you, why do you think that? What, what would your response be to a comment like that? Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't trust people to work from home. Like, what is knowing having someone five feet away from you or a continent over? Our, one of our coders is actually in Russia and our designer since 2011 is in Brazil. Like, yeah, it's by the result. The designer got an assignment to get a website comp out, a web page comp. It's very clear whether he worked at it or not. We see his timesheet every week. We know exactly how long that initial mock-up of the site takes. So to me, it's a, I don't want to say a completely irrelevant point because working from home affects culture and how we feel connected. But sure. as far as getting the work done, where they're at, especially with digital work or even a freaking package getting delivered, Amazon doesn't know where all its workers are. They're all over the world. Yeah, it's irrelevant, to be honest with you, right? Like, does it matter if my Brazilian designer's here in Brazil? Does it matter if he's five hours ahead or not, as long as like that webpage is done and we're on the same page with his time and his pay and all that? I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder, maybe it's more about ego and control. And, you know, if I can see you, if I can manage you, I, maybe I feel like I'm, I don't know, a better boss or I, I don't know. I, not to, to totally transition the conversation. I do want to go back to that year, 2005, when you were stepping out of the corporate world. I mean, digital marketing, I didn't even know this thing, this was really like yeah. a holy bread thing. You kind of nope. had something before people even knew they needed it. I mean, I have a friend of mine who also ran a similar type of business and the, the way she tells her story is as she was pitching to people, they'd be like, the internet's a fad. Like, why people aren't going to use the internet long-term. And like, that's, what, that's what her prospective clients were telling her. So, so we joke, I got a quick funny story about that. We joke that Jacksonville is where South Georgia ends because there are super established businesses. Like I know this like $10 million, like heating and air conditioning company. And they're like, They'll talk to us and they'll get a pitch here. We're like the deep South, man. This isn't Atlanta or Orlando or Boston with websites. So to this day, the business owner will be like, yeah, we ain't updated our webpage in, in, in six <laughs> years. I don't know that I even want to spend thousand dollars on it. And we're like, we're like, dude, eventually like it, not only is it all online, but you got to adapt with the time. So it's, it's so funny, man. People to this day, I'll still hear that every now and then. And I'm like, all right, right. You're going to boil yourself like a frog in slow water. But yeah, at the time, 2005, websites were new. So that's when, you know, you could maybe get like 
$15,000 for a website that your niece will do on Squarespace or Wix tonight. <laughs> and there wasn't really online marketing. There was barely Google ads. And then the last funniest part was, remember before Google search got good? So say we're here in Jacksonville, Florida, helping a chiropractor. So I hate to say this, like in 2008 and 10, we literally put chiropractor in Jacksonville, comma, FL, chiropractor Jacksonville FL and literally like if we were helping the chiropractor we'd have like the 10 different spellings of chiropractor near me and rank them and of course Google smacked the crap out of that in 2013 but yeah that's that's some of the days back then kind of early days pricing all over the place like you know it's just wild west well I remember having to I was helping my brother he was doing ads for different businesses and I was having I was helping him and I was learning like Google AdWords and this yeah. was you know, 2004 2005 um, it's crazy how much things have changed for you. I think you mentioned that you had a newborn, you know, you were leaving your corporate job. How did you like, I mean, was there any kind of like apprehension at home or like, I yeah. mean, into this world, like, isn't, I mean, today it's like yeah. a no brainer. It's like, oh, it's so profitable. It's a great industry. Yada, yada. But back then, I mean, you're jumping into this field that it's, I mean, if, if I was going back 15 years ago, I'd be like, dude, what are you doing? Like, are you sure about this? I mean, so it gets better than that. So, okay. So I'm like, I don't know what I was like, 23, four, have my computer science degree. I'm working at the water, wastewater electric. So the municipality here in Jacksonville, Florida, well, guess what? They have a pension system, like a full on pension. So I literally start like right before my mid twenties, I would literally be out of there at 53 years old with 80% of my salary for life guaranteed. Uh, and 53 is kind of, kind of young to start that, but, uh, I did really good there. 200 person IT department rose up to the top. Love those people. The whole company was about 2000 strong, but yeah, I just, I just got over it and I got bored. I left on such good terms there that the CEO like, like interviewed me. It's like, what can we do to make you stay? And they're really cool there. Like I knew all these people and I was just like, Jim, I just got to go and try this. You know, my mind's made up, but it's been a great run here. So I could have always gone back in a second. And not only that, when I went out on my own, I mean, think about me, I'm 24, five, six, 28, um, actually I went, excuse me, that was when I was at J8. When I went out on my own late twenties, like every client I started working with tried to hire me too. So being that young, being well to do with it, could have gone back to J8 anytime. Didn't want to obviously. And then two, for like the first five or six years of my career, when, before I'd build a business, like people would try to hire me all the time. And trust me, at times it was tempting. <laughs> at times I was like, man, I can make this much money. Like now, if I just say yes. And like, not deal with all this other headache, but I don't know about you, Blake. I'm super independent, autonomous. Like I can figure it out. I want to do it. So I wouldn't, I wasn't going to let someone tell me how to live my day. Well, how did you, I mean, was it overnight success? I mean, how did, how did you keep yeah, focused so, on the grind? I mean, yeah. So I'll just, I'll just give out numbers at a time. Cause it's the best way to say it. So I was like, what was, I? I was like 28, 29, you know, so a few years back, obviously making like $90,000, right? So I kind of knew my bottom number. I had about $15,000 in the bank from my uh, ex. They sold some like pine tree land or something. We got this like way down the thing. And then I had a bit of a book of business built up. So for the first two months, like I had this revenue threshold I was going to meet. And I think I needed to make like, I don't know, four or five grand a month after taxes. Sounds about right. And, and lo and behold, I was so excited. I launched out uh, this little baby safety net, safety net of $15,000. But then I learned people don't finish projects, right? 
Like if we ever hired like the, the, you know, the get our deck patio done and then woods on delay or things like that, like any project on life starts going slow. So I get well into the first month and granted I had all these like websites on contract and I maybe needed five grand a month and I had 15 grand of work lined up, but they weren't finishing. And I was kind of all over this place with my capability to manage projects. Like if the pressure was on, I get it done or if I really wanted it, but other stuff I just let slide. So I would tell you, um, I, I, the first six months, there's a point six months in when I kind of had a couple lucky breaks, because if I didn't, I would have just been burning that cash and I had an easy back. I could go right back to JA. Well, that was the municipality. So yeah, there was dude a little time, but I will say this after a year, I think my first year I was making, and don't quote me on my numbers, but 78 K in the corporate job. I think I grossed like 90 the first year. And of course, all that didn't go in my pocket, but it was kind of a wash. So once I got past that scary phase, I was like, all right, this is doable. And then there's just 10 years of just freaking doing everything, which that's a whole nother story. <laughs> Wearing every hat yeah, every yeah. day, yeah. forever. <laughs> well, I, you know, that first year, I mean, 90K, that's incredibly impressive. I know today's entrepreneur, what they typically face is a very slow growth period because because also you have to learn how to sell. You have to learn like what does it even mean to like um, to to really like how do I really grow this thing and build this thing? You know what were some of the insights, some of the things that that you were relying on that allowed you to get those customers quickly, efficiently to actually bring in revenue? I mean, were you just that good at your job that people were knocking on your door? I mean, what what was going on? Yeah. So let me think about that. How, how did I get the ball rolling? I mean, honestly, ultimately we really buy from people. So if I get my back patio redone, like I am working with a person, if I go to a physical store in a retail location, like even something like that, I'm working with a person. So at the end of the day, like, I, and I hate to say this because I, I want ways around it, but it truly is about relationships. So as we get farther along, as we treat people well, no matter the industry, I mean, I suppose if you're selling like socks online, that's a different thing. You want to build the system, right? Not really. But for a lot of us, we do some kind of professional services, some kind of consulting. It it really, your, your network and who you know matters. So just staying active with that, always doing a good job, which you're probably already doing. That was probably the main like, like thing that turned it around. So I mean, we always struggle with leads. Like honestly, in my agency, uh, my digital marketing website agency, agency is like mine. Their number one problem is getting leads and, and we sell that service. So yeah, so leads are never a shoo-in, but it, it can definitely prosper because it's that was 2005 and it's 2020 right now, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to fall asleep and wake up. It's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, we need to skip that one. <laughs> what's the Rip Van Winkle story? You know, I just want to wake <laughs> up in the future, but you know, it's funny. You, you, you made the comment on the, um, you know, you're, you could be selling socks online, which is, you know, it's so uh, superficial and, you know, you're probably not really thinking much about relationships, but you know, every dad who loves getting socks for Christmas, I mean, they have their brand they love. And I've noticed even like with Amazon, people who buy from Amazon, you'll get those DMs now or those emails that say, hey, this is so-and-so from this company. Just uh -huh. wanted to know, thanks so much. Hey, if we can do anything. So even on these on this more like transactional basis, people are trying to build those relationships because I think you're spot on. I think relationships are really, it's the foundation for how we grow our businesses. But it, but it feels like, I mean, I mean you, you probably talk to young entrepreneurs all the time it feels like people aren't really sure how to build those relationships or think about, think about going to a networking event and how awkward and uncomfortable it is. And everybody's pitching one another. There's no real conversations happening. It feels like this is a struggle for people sometimes. So 
Here's what I want to call total crap on. Yes, it is a struggle, but sitting in your stupid job that you hated because you did the degree your mom wanted to struggle. So like life is full, like daily, intraday of like bad feelings, good feelings, suffering and pain. So we know how to like, I did it. I went to freaking BNI, Business Network International. I went to the Chamber of Commerce meetings. I'm not a morning person. I went there. Everybody's been in business forever. My yeah. little tail stands up. I'm like, hi, I'm Jeff Van. I started a web design company. They're like, who are you? So, you know, you grind enough, but at that time when you're small, you don't need the biggest opportunity. So just stay at it. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, life is all about like passing fearful boundaries. And to some degree, we get in comfortable places and should stay there. But entrepreneurship is certainly like faces you with a lot of that. But I would argue, man, like, not doing those things or not trying networking or not going out on your own is much more painful than taking the first steps like I did and actually like getting it done. I'd rather have that pain than the pain of being, man, I could have, should have, would have, or someone else did. And by the way, my boss just fired me. What happened here at my job? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not so stable. People think it's so stable on this side and it's so not stable on the other side. In closing, I'll say we have 130 customers now. Do you think in any economic downturn, we're going to go to zero in a month, right? But if you have a job, like some of my brother-in-laws do, they're RVPs, they're cutting their sales staff left and right. And guess what? They may be on the street with the other half of their team. So yeah, to people who are like, oh, I'm scared, or I don't network good or this, that, and the other. It's like people make it real easy to network an event to network. They give you tips, they give you a name card. Like, I think you can figure this out after a month. <laughs> you may not be the best, but someone's going to want your service or like your awkward vibe and like do business with you. And you've just found the start of your pool of people. <laughs> I Go love ahead. that. Yeah, I like, the, I like this person's awkward vibe. I'm going to hire yeah, you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, but I, I, what I'm hearing from you is this insight of like the actual, and here's what's really interesting about sales. I think in general is I talked to a guy the other day who he said, yeah, I'm trying to get more sales for my business, but I'm trying to find out how to do it without having to talk to anyone. And I was like, well, what do you mean by that? And he's like, I don't want to have to talk to anyone. I don't want to have to go to any events. I don't have to meet anyone. I just like, how do I get those customers? And I was like, I, I don't know the answer to that because the magic is really what you're talking about. It is like our BNI here locally is 7 a.m. in the morning. It is the getting up, getting out there. You know, I'm not a public speaker, but I'm going to speak in front of people. This is who I am. You know, I the insight I'm getting from you is like the actual, real, sometimes scary, awkward, uncomfortable work of getting yourself in front of people and putting yourself out there. I don't know how you grow a business any other way. You, you have to. And then two, that's the hard price I paid. I don't have to do jack squat with the agency now. I don't want to, right? So we don't have to go to hands-on foot networking. And we found that BNI actually wasn't profitable for our business, but cost a lot of employee time and early wake up. So, you know, once you pay your dues, you can find your sweet spot. I mean, for example, podcasts, we're doing one right now. Those are amazing. Um, the guy that didn't want to talk to anyone, well, guess what? He can build the best online marketing cycle with videos, with email drip sequences. So by the time, you know, someone buys his product or gets on the phone with him, they're so warmed up. So yeah, once you have earned the right to be a little choosy, because trust me, as soon as I could have go to the chamber, that one was the worst, at least for me. <laughs> I never went again. And I still have a little PTSD when I hear about it. People are like, oh, you're doing the chamber, this, that. And then I just picture that there's nasty scrambled eggs at some hotel. Yeah. And like, I've just drove 30 minutes to get there at seven. And I'm like, 
I'm not falling asleep, but I'm just so wired. And I'm like, what am I doing here? What in life caused me to have to be here right now? <laughs> Deep regret over your choices in that moment. <laughs> I just don't like getting up early, man. Even this yeah. one, I had to get up a little earlier than I wanted, but I went to bed last night, so I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Well, um, we're, we're running a little low on time. I want to I wanna ask about one other thing. Now, you're working on this, this um, co-working space. Man, I, I love co-working spaces. I think they're so essential today. They're, they're, they're not being done super well in every area. But you mentioned specifically, you have this drive and this energy for millennials and that even the people in your own agency, they're in that 20 to early 30 range. What's got you so motivated about the millennial generation, especially when today you have people who say things like, oh, you know how millennials are so unhireable, they're so unmanageable, you know, whatever other, and I'm a millennial, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm bearing the brunt of it too. What's got you energized around millennials? You know, that's such a, you know, bag of goods. So the, the girl, so we're about a 10 person agency more or less. We have some subs and copywriters, but you know, core is more closer to six boutique digital marketing agency. The girl on my team who runs all the finance operations, HR, she does everything, but deliver the websites and the online market. She, she just turned 27. You know, she didn't even have kids yet. Um, the other girl that runs the websites and the online marketing, like a boss just turned 30. And the last leader on a team who's over sales and marketing, you can go to createwebstudios.com and, and see them. But uh, she's like 32 and she's a mom of like three young children. So these people, they're so with it. They're so sharp. Uh, they're so presentable. They're so like clean in their thinking. And they're just a pleasure to work with. One of the reasons I do like youth is because, you know, when I was in my early 20s, this the sky was the limit. I just needed someone to like nudge me and channel this energy. So I feel like in today's times, you have until you're 30 years old to get close to figuring out that thing that moves you. Because if I showed up right now, 30 years old, like destitute and broke, I'm sure I could make it in my 30s in today's time. So I like taking that wild open opportunity, get the ones that are curious, the ones that don't want to sit in the mediocre middle and be like, hey, what's up? Like, you don't have to go work this nine to five job in downtown Jacksonville. I think we can stay at the beach. How does a 30, 35 hour work week sound? And their eyes light up, but these are also A players. They run as hard and fast as, as all of us do. I mean, Blake, you're, you're on this call because you like to move. You're not sitting in a cubicle uh, today and, and wondering when lunch break is. Well, what's, what do you think is the difference here between, because there are the people who stay in the cubicle. Like I, I talked to a guy the other day who's uh, similar age to me and he was like, man, I just, I'm so miserable in my job. Like I hate it. Like I, I just, it is again, using the words you use, it's, it's killing me. It is literally killing me. And I said, I, I was like, man, that's, that's awful. Well, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. And he was like, he was like, uh, I think I'm going to work for another five years. Yeah. And like, I was like, what, like what's, Nothing. what's going on there? Like what, like what's the difference between like, cause you're talking about an A player who, you know what they're saying? I'm not going to be that I'm going to jump into, cause it's, you know, a boutique agency. It's, it's scary. It's, it's scary in the sense of it's not, it doesn't have the guarantees that a corporate monolith may have. So what causes someone to actually take an aggressive, uh, to be aggressive with their life, to get out there, to do these things rather than, you know what, I am just going to stay in the cubicle. So, okay. This is a core philosophy of mine. Like life just generally pushes us to the mediocre middle. It pushes us to average, right? So if we don't live by intention, like watch what we put in our mouths, like watch how we treat others or like, should we have married this person or do I really want kids or not? We'll just freaking fall and everything will fall into place. And guess what? The older you get, you can change at any time. Perhaps I could go to med school and be 
you know, a doctor here in my early 40s, but a really hard ask. You know, if I just charted that path in 11th grade in high school, no problem. So, yeah, man, we just got to watch out because, like, we, we, we get on autopilot. We don't think for ourselves and we run these scripts. And then half the time, you know, we show up at 30. We're kind of perhaps married to someone we, we did or didn't like with kids and, you know, get overweight. And, and there goes the American dream. And uh, I don't know. It's kind of sad for me. So we got to have this sense of wonder, the sense of wide eyedness. And then I just constantly fight the resistance to like atrophy because what happens, you know, to a branch on a tree when it gets old, like it just atrophies and and dies. And at least for the areas of my life that I have control of, I want to grow and grow at all costs because that's where like vibrancy, greenness and life is growing, evolving. I love it. I love it. Powerful stuff. Powerful advice. Jeff, this has been an awesome podcast. I feel energized and motivated. Tell the listeners if they if they're wanting to follow up, they want to learn more about you, they want to see what opportunities there are with you, uh, what they can learn from you. Um, what does that look like? What's the best way for people to follow up with you? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to give them a shot of adrenaline in their entrepreneurial arm, get it done. Um, so they can go to jeffvin.com. That's V as in victory, ENN, like the Venn diagram. So jeffvin.com, and it's got the converge millennial thing, create studios, the digital agency in the future co-work space we're planning. So jeffvin.com, hit me up. I'd love to inspire you or be inspired by you as I am. Great, great. Well, like for the man. Uh, I'll put that link down in the episode description below. Jeff, it's been awesome. Thanks for joining today. All right. Peace out, Blake. Thank you. Hey, for the listeners, if you enjoyed this episode and you're not subscribed to the podcast, what the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe button so we keep bringing you good advice wherever you are. And of course, if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a five-star review. Definitely check out more about Jeff Venn. Go to jeffvenn.com and see that some of the good things that are happening there. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you later. See ya.